here in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Amen. Turn your Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. Chapter 1 verse 1. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. How many of y'all can quote it? Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. Let me hear you quote it. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word. We ask you for your anointing tonight to receive and to comprehend what thus saith the Holy Spirit tonight to us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. In the beginning, God. I love that right there. That takes all debate out for me. I don't have to question if there's a God. It says right there, in the beginning, God. I'm done. Amen. Amen. I don't wonder. I don't ponder. I don't think about it. I just know, hey, the Bible says there's a God. There's a God. Amen. Man, hey, so is good. I can feel him sometimes. How about y'all? So it was good to hear his voice sometimes. Amen. But you know, if I didn't feel him, if I didn't hear his voice, I still got confirmation that God is God. Amen. God is God. But I didn't come in that talk to you about that. I got a subject for you tonight. We, we touched on this a little bit last week. Not last week, actually uh, a few weeks ago, come to find out, a few weeks ago. And it was something I wanted to come back to and visit again because I think it, it, it needs something to be discussed. It needs to be discussed. And uh, so we're going to discuss it tonight. Amen. I'm, I'm probably going to mess up some of your theology. Might make somebody mad at me and be all right. The first time we got mad at me. But, uh, how many of you know we need, to, we need to know what we believe in? And we need to know why we believe it. Amen. Amen. So I got a question for you tonight. You want to write this down? You want to write this down? Now don't blurt out the answer because some of y'all are going to have different answers for this question. So you're going to have different, you're going to have different answers. But you can just write your answer on your paper if you want to. But, um, so here's the question. Is God in control? Is God in control? That's the question. Now, if you want to, you can put your answer on your paper, but we're going to find out. Church people say, God's will be done. Anybody heard that? God's will be done. Church folks say, God's in control. Anybody heard that before? Church folks say, God's will be done. How about this one? God works in mysterious ways. Is that true? Hmm? Is that true? Write it down. You're going to find out. That's what we're going to be talking about. That's what we're going to be talking about. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning God created everything through what is known as logos. L-O-G-O-S. Logos. That's a Greek word which means God's spoken creative word. God's spoken creative words called logos in Greek. And what that simply means is that when God speaks, things happen. When God speaks, He spoke light into existence, light began to shine. If you ever realize that they say that it takes light years, I don't know how many light years it takes for a, a star light to come into our atmosphere for us to see it. It takes light years for us to receive that light from that star. You know? It ain't like that light bulb. You just turn it on and there it is. But it takes light years for those rays, those light rays to come. But yet when God said, let there be light, light was shining from God to the stars. 
And it was instant. Amen. How do you know God's speed is faster than light? God's speed is faster than light. Amen. So in Genesis chapter 1, we see that God created the heavens and the earth through His creative power, through His spoken word. God said, let there be the earth, let it, let it produce fruit. He began to talk about the trees. He began to talk about the animals. All through the chapter, in chapter 1, it says, God said, God said, God said, God said, God said. And every time God said something, something happened. Amen? Amen. Molecules begin to come together. Light begin to shine. Animals begin to form. Animals begin to walk. Amen? And then God said, let us form man out of our own image. And so God just takes some dirt and He just makes a body of Adam and He just breathes life into him and Adam becomes a living soul. Are we all there? God said. And it was so that happened. Amen? How do you know all you need is God to say something in your life? God is to speak something into your life and all your problems will disappear. Amen? That's all you need is God to speak something. Speak something in my life. Amen. So the heavens and the earth and the sun and the moon and the stars and all the natural things that we can see and know is still under God's spoken word. How many of y'all saw the sun in the sky today? Amen. I know it was beating upon my head at about 88 degrees as my arms were covered in oil and grease. I need to start taking pictures of what I really look like. This ain't what I really look like. <laughs> Because I take pictures of what I really look like when I'm working, and you just see what I really do. <laughs> in my natural habitat. <laughs> Amen. You know, you got to have some oil back here on your neck, you know, it's got to be all over your forehead. You know what I'm talking about, Johnny. Amen. <laughs> so, in the beginning, God began to speak all these things, and all these things began to take place. And the sun was still shining today, all these years later. The sun is still shining today because God spoke the sun into existence. Amen? Amen. I felt the little wind blow against my face. God's spoken word is still working. Wind is still blowing. Amen? Amen. I heard the birds that they were flying by. God's spoken word is still working. Birds are still being born. See, see, God's word is still creating. God's word is still upholding. Amen? So God is in control of the sun, the stars, and all these things that God spoke. Amen? Are you with me? All right. Now go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our own image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion. Does your Bible say dominion? Let me know if your Bible doesn't say dominion. If you say something else, let me know. It says dominion. Authority. Another word for dominion is authority, okay? Control. Over the fish of the sea, over the fowls of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So let me ask you this question. Is God in control of the fish of the sea, and the air, and the cattle, and over all the earth? What does your Bible say in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26? Let us make man in our own image. So who's in control? There you go. Man is in control. 
So in the beginning, when God formed Adam, He gave him dominion. He gave him authority. He gave him power. He put him in charge of His creation. Okay? And notice it says, over all the earth. So Adam was in charge of everything. Everything. You see that? Adam was in charge of everything. Okay? So just hang on. We're going somewhere tonight. Y'all ready to take a little, y'all ready to go somewhere with me tonight? All right, we're going somewhere. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. It says, Who being in the brightness of his glory, in express image of his person, it's talking about Jesus, and upholding all things, look at this, upholding all things by the word of his power. By the word of His power. In other words, Logos. When He had Himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. So He's talking about Jesus here. But what I really want you to take close attention to is it says, and upholding all things by the word of His power. So that sun is still in the exact place God put it, and God's holding it up by the word of His power. Amen? Those stars are still upholding by the word of His power. Things are upholding by the word of His power. How I many you realize that you are upholding by the word of His power? Amen? You and I would not be here today if it wasn't for the word of God's word of power holding us up. So everything is, is created by God when He spoke. Amen. Now turn your Bibles to the book of Luke. Chapter 4, verse 5 through 8. Luke chapter 4, verse 5 through 8. I got about six pages of notes, and I can tell you we're probably will not get through all this tonight. That's okay, we're going to take our time. Luke chapter 4, verses 5 through 8. And remember, the question is who's in control? Who's in control? So in Luke chapter 4, verses 5 through 8, it says, And the devil taketh him up into a high mountain. So this is the scene of Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted of the devil. And the devil takes Jesus up on a high mountain. And he shows unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power I will give thee. Look at what it says. All this power... I will give thee. In other words, all this dominion, all this authority, I will give thee. And the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me. Did you see that? All this power I will give unto thee. This is the devil talking to Jesus, telling him, I will give you all this power, all the glory of them, for it is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. Look at what the Bible says. So the devil was telling Jesus that he has authority over all these kingdoms, over all the kingdoms of the earth, over all the governments, over all the countries, over the whole planet. The devil was telling Jesus that he had authority, he had dominion, and he had power, and he could give it to him. He could give it to him if he would do one thing. If you will worship me. Look at what it says. If thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. So here's the temptation that the devil gave to Jesus. But Jesus answered and said to him, 
Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God only, and Him only shalt thou serve. The three most powerful words that the devil is scared to hear is it is written. It is written. So Jesus tells the devil, it is written. He hits him with the word of God. He doesn't start flexing his God muscles and saying, now look here, Mr. Devil, you better bow down to me because I'm the son of the most high God. But instead, he hits him with the written word. It is written. He didn't even hit him with the spoken word. He said, it is written. He hit him with the written word that Moses, he's talking about the law of Moses. He hit him with the written word of the old, of the old covenant. And he said, get behind me, Satan, for only worship the Lord thy God only. But here's what I want you to notice. This is what we need to notice. Is that the devil, or that Jesus did not call him a liar. Jesus didn't look at the devil and say, you're a liar because I already have control of all this. No. Instead, he just said, I'm not going to worship you. I rebuke you. Get behind me. I'm going to worship God. So he did not dispute what Satan said. But look at what Satan said. He said, it's all been... Delivered unto me. But I thought in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, we read where God made man in his own image and then he gave man dominion. What happened? Sin. Sin's what happened. Exactly, Rod. Sin is what happened. You see, when, when, when Adam chose to sin against God and he was deceived by the serpent. We know the serpent deceived and deceived Eve and then Eve gave it to her to her husband. And I always like to pretend that Adam's out fishing and don't know what's going on. But that's not the truth. That's what I would like to think. Wouldn't you, Frankie? I mean, I would like to think he's up in a deer stand and he's hunting and his wife's over there being silly. You know, that's what I would like to think. You know, and he comes home and just finds this big mess that she created. That's what I would like to think. But the truth is, the Scriptures don't say that. The truth is, Adam was right there with her the whole time. And all he had to do was slap that fruit out of her mouth. Come on. But before that even happened, what he should have done is said, Listen here, serpent, I don't know where you came from, but God gave me authority. And this is my garden, not yours. And you ain't got no business here. And I rebuke you in the name of the Lord. And you know what? None of this would have happened. None of this would have happened. But instead, instead, your husband listened to his wife. I'm going to leave that alone right there. We're just going to park at husband listened to his wife and we're going to walk away from that subject. Amen. All right. But that's what happened. But spiritually, something else happened. You see, when they sinned against God, they rebelled against God, He literally gave the keys of the kingdom over to Lucifer. And Lucifer now took dominion over all the things that God created that He gave Adam. He took everything away from Adam, making Adam, I mean, making the devil in control. Making the devil in control. That's what happened. Okay? Now let's back this up with some more Scripture. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4.
In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, this is Paul writing, Paul's gospel. He says, in whom the God, notice it's a little g, not a big g, that you know he's talking about Lucifer. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Notice what Paul is saying. In whom the God of this world. He's talking about the devil. He realized that there was authority to give it to the devil. And the devil is actually the little God of this, of this earth. He's over all these kingdoms. He's over all these kingdoms. So now let me ask you again. Is God in control? Is God in control? How many of y'all think it was God's will for the Taliban to take over Afghanistan? Raise your hand if you think that's God's will. Well, you know God works in mysterious ways. Come on. Isn't that what the the church says? God works in mysterious ways. It must have been God's will for uh, America to pull out and it must have been God's will for a Taliban to take over. I hope nobody here thinks that way. Because when you think that way, you're saying God's evil. You're saying our God, our Father, Creator of heaven and earth is evil. Because there's no way that God would be okay with Taliban carrying off 15-year-old girls and making wives out of them. There's no way He would be okay with the, the murders that are taking place. Pastors are literally hiding right now in Afghanistan, hiding in, in fear for their life because Taliban's already contacted them and told them they're coming after them. I've been getting texts and emails about this going on. That the Afghanistan pastors are, are begging for prayer. Those people are in, in devastation. We serve a good God. Amen. A God that loves us. A God does it. He says in His Word, above all things, I, I wish you to prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. He's a good God. Good God. He said, I come to preach the, to the poor and set the captives free. Amen? I'm anointed to set the captives free to heal the blinded eyes and the broken hearted. Amen? Not to, not to turn loose a terrorist government to terrorize and, and be brutal to people like that. Amen. So I'm bringing this out tonight because we need to think about what we say. It's a religious statement. It's a religious statement to say, well, you know, God's in control. You've got to be careful with that. Is God in control? Was He in control when somebody was mugged? In the middle of the night? Was he in control of that situation? Was he in control when those young girls are getting brutally raped? Is he in control of that? Absolutely not. Our God is a God of love. God works in mysterious ways. I've been heard that twice this week. I'm going to tell you, God does not work in mysterious ways. God works according to that Bible sitting in your lap. God works according to His Word. He works according to His Word. The reason people say God works in mysterious ways... I'm just going to be. I'm just going to be. I'm going to be frank with you. Not Frankie, but Frank. I'm going to be straight with you. You don't know enough about God's word to know what His will is. You don't know enough about God's word to know what God's word is really saying. So we just fall back on the cliche of, well, you know, God works in mysterious ways. 
He does not work in mysterious ways. I'm going to tell you something. That actually offends God. It offends Him when people make that statement that He works in mysterious ways when He's given us the entire Holy Bible to read and to understand and to know His ways. His ways are right here. All we got to do is read it. Amen. So God does not work in mysterious ways. He works according to His Word. According to His Word. So we can see in the Scriptures that when Adam sinned, he gave control over to the devil. Okay? And we can see in Scriptures that Paul even calls him the little God of this world, with that little G. Okay? Now, let me throw you a lifeline, because I know you, you're like, come on now, brother. You've got you to take care of me somewhere. I'm going to throw you a lifeline. Y'all need to catch this lifeline when I throw it to you. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Turn there. 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. You see, God put two trees in the garden. The tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And God gave man his own will. God gave man a will to choose. You know, God doesn't want slaves. He doesn't want robots. He wants His children to choose to love Him and choose to serve Him. That's the difference between our God and all these false gods out there in the world that try to force you. I mean, the Taliban right now, the Islam nation, I mean, they're killing people because they will not convert to Islam. I've never read anywhere in history where anybody got killed for not converting to Christianity. No. But they do it in Islam. Now there is history about Christians fighting the Islam nation in Jerusalem in the, in the Holy War. Here's that. But they didn't kill them because they wouldn't convert. But look at what it says in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven... I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. So here this scripture is telling us that first of all, if God's people would be humble enough to pray. You know God's people are not humble enough to pray? They're not. Did I not put it on Facebook? Everybody come to the Church of God tonight, we're going to pray. Amen? Did everybody on Facebook come? No, if they had to be standing outside the door. Amen? It'd be packed out in here. But we don't pray. We're not humble enough to pray. We're too busy to pray. We got too much going on. We don't have time to pray. We got too much going on in life, you know. It takes time to do that. It takes time to do that. I get up every morning, the first thing I do is I grab my Bible. I got one eye open, one eye closed. I got my cup of coffee over there, and I got my Bible. And I wake up in the Word of God. Wake up in the Word of God. Does that take sacrifice? Yes. Does that take dedication? Yes. Is it rewarding? Yes. But it takes it. Humble ourselves. We've got to learn to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek God's face. Look what it says. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their Land. Now turn to Matthew, the 28th chapter, verse 18. I'm going to hit you with a couple of scriptures because we're going to have to wrap this up. 
So I'm going to hit you a couple of scriptures and, and, and bring you that lifeline in. In Matthew the 28th chapter verse 18, Jesus came and He spoke to them saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Look at that. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now go to Luke chapter 10 and verse 19 and 20. In Luke chapter 10 verse 19 and 20. If you don't have time to, to get there, just write these scriptures down and look them up. I know we're going through them pretty quickly because of time's sake. But it says, Behold, I give unto you power. I give unto you dominion. I give unto you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. He's talking about demons here. And over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. So Luke chapter 10 verse 19 says, Behold, I give unto you power. Jesus is talking to the church. He's talking to His disciples. First He tells us in Matthew 28 chapter that all, all authority, all power, all dominion has been given unto Him in, in heaven and in earth. And then He tells the church, Behold, I give unto you power to thread upon the serpents and the scorpions. Again, I ask you, who's in control? Last scripture I'm going to give you tonight is Revelation chapter 1, verse 18. And we're going, to, we're going to stop with that scripture there. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, it says, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Now watch this. And have the keys of hell and death. Have the keys of hell and death. The keys represents the dominion. The keys represent the power. The keys represent the authority. Jesus is saying, I have the keys of hell and death. Now, let me just paint this whole picture for you because I've been putting it in little, little pieces here and there as a, as a puzzle, bringing it together. So let me just bring this whole puzzle together for you. God made Adam in the book of Genesis after his own likeness. He gave Adam dominion over all of his creation. Adam turned around and rebelled against God. And when he rebelled against God, he literally handed the keys of the kingdom over to Satan. Okay? Making Satan the God, the little God, of this world. Putting him in charge of all the kingdoms of the world and all the governments and all the laws and all the things and all the thugs and the drug dealers and the evil, hello, and the murderers. Okay? Satan had the keys. But then here comes Jesus. Here comes Jesus, the Son of the living God. You see, something came to me by revelation. Revelation is a word named Rama. It's a revelation of the spoken word of God. And it came to me that this week as I was preparing for this, that when Jesus was in the, was in the wilderness, He was fasting for 40 days and 40, and 40 nights as He being tempted by the devil. And he, he went through that temptation and every time the devil came at him, he would just say, it is written. And he would hit him with the word of God. The devil didn't know what to do. And this is what came to me. Had Jesus failed, had Jesus failed in the wilderness, he would have been unable to walk in the anointing in the ministry that he had. He had the anointing to raise the dead, to heal the blinded eyes, 
Come on. To preach the gospel just like he said. He had the anointing to walk on water. He would have had no anointing to do anything had he had fallen to sin, had he had fallen to that temptation. When he, when he resisted the devil and he won that battle, he had authority and power to walk in that anointing. That anointing at that point. Then Jesus dies on the cross. When Jesus dies on the cross, his body was there, but his spirit and his soul, the Bible tells us, went down into the very pits of hell and took the keys of death and hell. He took the keys back of the kingdom away from the devil. Okay? Then Jesus rises up and he tells his church, Behold, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom. Again, I ask you the question, who's in control? The truth is, the church, God's people, are in control as we pray and as we bring God into the scenes. You say, well, why doesn't God just step in right now and just take over everything? It's simple. God always upholds His Word. He's still upholding His covenant promise to Adam. He's still upholding His covenant promise to Adam. But one of these days, that contract comes to an end. And when it comes to an end, woo, the eastern sky is going to crack. The dead cross is going to rise. Listen, we're going to be marching the Armageddon. It's going to be wrapped up. And everything is going to be made right again. Amen? So who's in control? We are through prayer. It's called prayer control. What you got, Rob? I'd like to uh, propose uh, Ephesians 3.9 to uh, augment what you're saying. Read, read it for us. Let's see if I can find it real quick. I had it. <coughs> That's in the New Testament, right? Yeah. But let me tell you why we're talking about this as Rob's looking that up. It's because when you tell people that's been through some terrible things, like all those people in Afghanistan, oh, don't worry, you know, God works in mysterious ways and God's in control. We're telling them that God is, God is hurting them. We're telling them God is evil, and He's not. He's a good God. The church, we've got to learn to pray. We've got to learn to humble ourselves, and we've got to learn to pray and control things in the spirit realm through prayer. Amen? Amen. So is God in control? Through us, He is. He uses us to be in control, to bring His Word into this world so He doesn't break the contract with Adam. That's exactly it right there. You got that scripture? That is so rich. I'm just beginning to understand it. Just beginning to get an answer that we have so much power. Amen. You got a scripture to read. Yeah. Yeah, I got your scripture. It says, and this is Paul talking, this is one of them run on sentences. And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which is from the beginning of the ages, has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ, and also verse 10. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. Amen. I believe that very much says what you're saying. Amen. Because it's our job to 
the church's job to demonstrate that power, the mystery, the principalities and powers. That's right. We control it through prayer, faith, and speaking forth the spoken word of God. Amen? Let's all stand to our feet and let's do some of that praying right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank You for Your Word tonight, God. We thank You for Your revelation tonight. Father, we thank You, Lord, that You have given the power of Your majesty over to the church, God. Lord, call us into the, the prayer warriors that we are to be, God. Remind us that we have Your spoken Word as our weapon, God. Remind us that we have Your faith, God, as our weapon, Lord. That we can stand in the armor of God, not just to walk around and look good, but to do battle. That we pray, God, and through the armor of God to pray. Father, I ask You right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, as we come together right now in our faith and in the prayer of agreement, God, in the name of Jesus, that You are the rock of our salvation. That you are the most high God over our lives. That no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against us shall be condemned. For we are the righteousness of God. The children and the heirs of your righteousness, God. And Father, we release your anointing right now. We release your anointing in our lives. We release your anointing over all these people that we know that have COVID. We release your anointing in the name of Jesus. We release your anointing over our children and our grandchildren right now to be saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. We release your anointing for protection for our U.S. troops, God, right now that's in arm's way. We release your anointing through your word in the name of Jesus, Father. You said we're two or three gathered together in your name, that you're in the midst. And you said your, your word, that if we agree as touching anything, it shall be done. In the name of Jesus, we claim it's done, Father. We claim deliverance, protection. In the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for the church, God. We pray for every church member, God. We pray for everybody that we have not seen in the past few months, God. That you will raise them up. That you will bring them right back into the house of God in this sanctuary. Lord, that you will plant them into this place, God. For them to receive your precious spoken word in their lives, Father. Lord, we ask you to open up the blinded eyes. The spiritual blinded eyes tonight to see the truth of God's Word tonight. Father, we ask You, Lord, for Your divine spirit of wisdom to be upon us today, God. Give us revelation knowledge. Give us Your rental Word right now, Father. And to teach us the three most powerful words that we could ever speak. It is written, God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask You to give Your people divine revelations of Your Word. Lord, put a hunger on the inside of your people, God, that we will seek you, we will seek your word, and we will seek your presence, and we will seek your spirit in the name of Jesus. Satan, we put you on notice. Get thee behind us. Get thee behind the church. You've got no place in front of us. You've got no place beside us. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke you, Satan. Get thee behind us. For you are a defeated foe. My Jesus has taken the keys of death, hell, and the grave away from you. And you are a defeated foe. You have no authority. You have no control. You have no place with our children. Our children are protected. They are anointed and blessed in the name of Jesus. Our grandchildren are protected and blessed and healed in the name of Jesus. Yes, we will not allow this COVID demon spirit to wreak havoc upon our lives any longer. In the name of Jesus. 
Father, it may be getting dark out there in the land of in the land of Egypt. It may be getting dark. But God, you said in your word there was light in the land of Goshen where the children of Israel were. I ask you, Lord, let that light shine in the church today. Yes. Let that light shine in the church today for all those that put their trust in you. For all those that seek you tonight, God. I release your anointing through your word into each and every soul that's here tonight. Represent each and every family, God. And where their family branches out in the name of Jesus, Father. Lord, I thank you for healing Darlene tonight, God. I thank you for healing her tonight, God. I believe that doctor is right in what he diagnosed in the name of Jesus. It to be healed right now. God, anoint those, anoint those antibiotics that she's taking right now to remove that from her body. Bring her healing. And let her know that you did the miracle, God, and not me. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit tonight, God. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Fill this church, God. Fill this church, Lord. Mm. Lord, bring us back together one more time under your grace. Bring us back together one more time under your grace. But until then, God, send the angels to walk with each and every one of us. To guide us and protect us. And encourage us. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. Sister Lane is going to speak to the ladies real quick. And then you guys get with Brother Wayne on the cleaning crew. Y'all know we're going to have a yard sale inside this weekend, Friday and Saturday. And anybody can come and help. 